You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, and I love this. I love, love, love bringing you great thinking from great leaders in dentistry. And today we're going to do exactly that. And if you listen carefully, you're going to create a better practice and a better life. I have Dr. Kevin Groth on today, who's become a dear friend of mine. And what's really cool is his wife, who she is awesome. She contacted 10 of his greatest influencers, you know, mentors, friends, um, people that he is just collaborated with really well and helped him grow. And she asked all of them to suggest a book that she could put together in one big gift and give it to him on Christmas. So it's so creative and such a great idea. She took his favorite people and combined it with one of his favorite things, which is learning and put it together. And so I was fortunate enough to be on that list. And I wrote a, a you know, a heartfelt message on the book. And today he shares what that gift was and some of the wisdom he learned from such an amazing gift idea. So I hope you guys listen to the episode. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Now, you and I have not done this for, it's been a couple weeks, it's actually been more than a couple weeks where we've had you on the podcast. And um, tell our tell our listeners a little bit of why. You've, you've, had a, you've had a few things going on in, in your household. Yeah, you know, I think it's just when you, I don't know, throw chaos into it all, I guess you come out a better man. I think that's what I'm going to probably say, hopefully soon, that we're coming out ahead. So, you know, moving into a new house, is difficult. Moving with a toddler is difficult. Moving with a wife who's 35 weeks pregnant is difficult. Um, having a baby is difficult. Um, having some office turnover of some sorts is not easy to. So you throw that all into the pot of what it comes down to. And um, it's been insane. I yeah. mean, a lot, of, a lot of chaos. And that's just part of life. That's the season I'm in. Um, I wouldn't choose this again if I had to go down that road. I probably would have spaced it out a little bit better. Um, but I've had people like you in my life who've grounded me and told me, hey, you know, you, you can survive this, you get through, and you're going to come out with a better reflection. And 
I'm looking forward to that interview. And so kind of this, this is maybe the beginning part of that interview, I think, and just kind of, I mean, I'm an open book to you, you know that, so I'm happy right. to share whatever we want to talk about and kind of go down that line. So it's yeah. good. Come, it's insane. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it's one of those things where you're, you're never ready. I'm like, my mom was always like, you know, just keep having kids. Well, I'm like, nah, we're not ready. Just, you know, if I would have been ready to have kids, we would never have them. Now, people need to know you went from the transition from one child to two, which is a very, I have four. So I remember that transition. It was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to love two babies? You know, and then you moved into a new house. And I'm sure you said this like 30 times as you were moving a box, like we're never moving again. Like this is it. We're done. <laughs> Right. It's crazy. You know, one to two is interesting because you just don't have the ability to have downtime. You're always managing somebody or something. And um, my daughter's been amazing, though. I mean, we, we didn't expect her to be as great as what she's been. And that's been so cool. And she's mature enough because she's almost four. So she kind of gets it. She even said, babies are hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So the two of us were trying to calm a crying baby for the last two hours on Saturday. And we both just looked at each other like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, yeah. don't. Like, your mom needs to get home now. Yeah. Um, so it's all, I mean, these are part of life moments that you kind of, we all have. And I think we'll look back in these days and remember that it was just like truly, truly crazy. But I'm proud to say I kept my cool for the most part, you know, and I don't have any regrets with anything. So it's ultimately just um, a new house is also, if anyone's building a new house, especially during the pandemic, like financially, that's like just the most stressful thing. And um, I can't even begin to go down that road because it always just seems like you owe money to everybody and you just like don't know where it's going to come from. But yeah, you get there. And that's just how it comes to you. And, and it's ultimately building an experience that I'm looking forward to. And that's having a house that we're all going to enjoy our family of four and do what we need to do. So there you go. Yeah. I remember writing checks. I remember we keep our checks in the same place in the kitchen. I'm like, it's like I'm burning through. It's every time I turn around, somebody's asking for a check, and mm-hmm. it's more than I thought. You know, every so time. it's like, where do they come up with this money? Like, yeah. where do they come up with these fees? Because I have to tell every patient every dollar that they're spending here, but yet they can just go on their whim and just say it's going to be this much money. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I did the whole. Well, we can take our old furniture, and that'll just fit in this room, and that'll be just right. no, it doesn't. You know, it just never. And then you order furniture to fit it, but it's going to be five months delayed. Yeah. So but. we literally are sitting on a dining room table with a fold out table and nice chairs, but yeah, it's how it goes. We'll wait for the dining room table for a couple months, but hey. you keep your patience, you have some fun with it. You enjoy it. You smile, you have some beverages and you just, life becomes good. So yeah. it is good. you know, it's all about your perspective on things, right. And just your positive outlook creates positive results. Well, and I think that's the whole point is you're always going to get through it. You always feel like you're, you know, like our good mutual friend, Zach always says, you feel like you're always at your max. You know, you're always like, like, I don't know how it could be any more stressful or more chaotic. And then try having like two or three little kids. You'll, you'll see this when you have three little ones and they're all sick and your wife gets sick. You're like, I could it get any worse right now? You know, type of a thing. Yeah, we're done at two. I have a vasectomy <laughs> on August 5th. Oh, <laughs> you're revealing it on air here. Oh my yes, gosh. I'm done. Um, we're, my wife's had some troubles and I'm just not going to risk that again. There you so go. We're, we're done with that. Um, we'll stick it to, so I don't know what three will be like, but I don't want to know either. There so you go. I'm that yeah. <laughs> but I do want to talk about my greatest gift of all time. Let's and talk about it. thing about these podcasts. You can share these moments, but before we get into that, I want to kind of talk about what we talked about. My lectures with act is more, um, 
remember the exercise I've done with like the essentials of life and then the, the joys of life and like writing those down. I think that's important for anybody listening to find fulfillment in their life is that when you can write something down and articulate what's important to you, it becomes even more grand and more valuable. And then you can kind of tailor your life around those things. Because if you have five essentials of your life, you can clearly identify what's important and also the joys. And if you can surround yourself with a certain number of joys and put your life around those things, you're going to be happy. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying for happiness right now, you know, and it seems like it's a constant theme of I'm not happy at my job. I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy with my marriage. I'm not happy with my kids, whatever it is. Well, you can control that. Right. Dictate it, you know, and, and ultimately what it comes down to is if you can identify these are the things that make me happy, then do it. And yeah. so, um, I have that list. It's a great list. It's important to me. Um, one of the essentials for me is just always living with a purpose and always continually growing for that purpose and having a goal or having some type of motivation or some type of learning. I need to learn something all the time. It's in my blood. It's how I am. And also another thing of my joy is, is actually connecting with people like you and connecting with people like Zach who inspire me and they're my mentors and they're always just kind of pushing me and guiding me into a better direction. So the combination of that Plus reading. Reading is a big thing for me. Um, yeah. Some people are into reading, but I, I, I find a lot of motivation through, you know, channels of podcasts are great for me right now or or certain books on tape or audio books, I guess you want to say it. But um, my wife got me this gift that was the greatest gift of all time because she's combining my passions, my joys all together where she said, okay, she behind my back contacted all my people, all my yeah. mentors, all my influences and said, hey, can you recommend a book and write him a message? So on Christmas morning, opened up this box that had about 10 books in it, and they were all different books, and they all had messages from my mentors, from my people, saying, I choose this book for you because I think it will be a very valuable thing. And nothing is better when you combine your joys with a gift from somebody that's a surprise and having that personal touch to it. And I just... I don't know. It's the greatest gift of all time. Yeah. So let me, I'll I'll speak to that. So I get an email from your wife and she's like, okay, I'm preparing this for Kevin. I really love your help. And I'm like, oh, it was so cool. And I actually had a hard time choosing, but um, so talk about the morning when you open, was it on Christmas morning? You you opened this up and it had all of the, and you're, okay. I mean, literally just everything about it just was just, and it was such a gift to open every single book and just be like, I don't know who this is. Oh my gosh, it's Kirk. Uh, it's Marges. Like all these people, I'm just like, these are crazy that you contacted all them and got in touch and they personally wrote something for me. Like that's so cool that, I don't know, it's such that, that I'm an emotional person. Yeah. That, no, so what did Marges send you? Was it Die With Zero or no? He gave you a different book. Zero. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's a kind of hot debate because Ritter did not send me the book, but he recommended it to my wife and he forgot to write something, but Mar just physically wrote something. So that's so cool. Um, they both kind of battle that out of who came up with the book first, but I have a copy with Marge's writing in it. So, um, that's really awesome. Go down the list real quick. So like if anyone's listening, taking notes at home, like some of the best reads where they came from, do you have them? And I want to highlight them. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I want to do in this podcast is highlight some of the, the summaries of what I took away All right. from these books because I'm, like we talked about earlier, I'm in a moment of just a season of growth, a season of transition, a season of just, I'm absorbing so much. And that's just some of those times, like before that, I was probably in a moment of like contentment, complacency, whatever it may be. And it's just kind of this riding this wave. So when I'm looking at things, I'm just 
drinking through a fire hydrant, but eventually you come out, you know, feeling good about things. So um, let's talk about your book, um, A Man As a Man Thinketh. And I, I was surprised by this one because I just didn't know where you're going with this. Right. Now, but, let me clarify, like, that's written by James Allen. It's one of the earliest books that was given to me by a mentor. My, it's a terrible time. I mean, it should say as a man or woman thinketh. I mean, if, sure. you, if you want to be politically correct. But the whole point was, and here's why. Now, I'll t- I want to hear your side of it. But for me, when I got it, it was like, listen, as you think, that is your life. As you condition your brain. And what I found early when I was in, I got the book when I was 24, 25, and I was limited by a lot of my thinking. And I realized that the limit wasn't my intellect because I am not a smart guy. I, you know, I can't, but like I was limited by what I believed. And so that was a book that I read over and over and over again. And as you think it improves, and I still even say it today, it isn't, it, it isn't a quoting the book verbatim, but like your problems aren't your problems. They're how you think about your problems. So mm-hmm. if there's no, one no, gift no. I wanted to give you was like, just always be working on your thinking, you know, type of thing. What was your interpretation? I've used it more recently than, than when I read it at first. So I, it is a person is limited only to the thoughts he chooses or she chooses, you know, that's the theme of the book and your thoughts shape you. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I honestly, I've had like some breaking moments recently, you know, I'm not ashamed about that. It's just, that's life. Right. And you kind of are on edge and then you start like really getting kind of negative. I think dentistry can spin you that so quickly. You have a bad patient experience, bad patient, um, things didn't go that well in the operative realm of things or whatever it may be. And you start being like, God, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And you start getting negative. Right. But then those negative thoughts turn into negative outcomes and negative experiences shape everything about your environment. And to me, I'm just like, I'm done. I am done negative thinking. Mm-hmm. As a man thinketh, the power of your thought shapes you. And I said, no more of these negative thoughts, positive thinking only. And I've had the best couple of weeks now because it's just like, I control the things around me, you know, enough of the external life scenarios dictating what I am and who I am. It's all about what I do based on my thoughts. Yeah. And those thoughts drive, you know, the results that come out of the chair, come out of my life, come out of my experiences with people, my relationships with others. I come home happier because I am the one that's in control of my life. And yeah push positive thoughts, you're going to have positive results. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Take us through the other books and what, what you're, if you were to summarize them, you know, cause here I'm going to, you know, you've heard me say this before. I'm such a huge fan of these books. I, I love it. People spent their whole lives putting a book together. It costs like $20, like, crazy. like it's crazy. And um, I still know that they don't read them when you tell them to read them. So our hope is by osmosis or just by listening to this, you're going to pick up on a few things. So take us I down. Hope so. the- no, we all don't have time. Yeah. You know, a lot of these times I read these books on my commute to work. Sometimes they're so deep that I have to do actual reading of it, but I just kind of absorb 80% of the material maybe or 70% of the material because it's being listened to. But at the same point, it's better than zero. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, I guess that's a fun transition. Your die with zero is one that Bob Marges recommended and I guess through Ritter, but Die With Zero is an amazing book that had a huge impact on me. Okay, so Bob's, I'm gonna make him listen to this. So Bob, I'm shocked that you subscribe to that book. 
because he's always been a saver. He saves, 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 invests, saves, saves, saves. But the title of the book completely throws you for a loop that it came from him. You know? It's important to do, though. You know, so I think it, it does wrap into his mental approach towards things. So for me, it's Die With Zero is the premise that your energy is calculated based on what you do for work. And then your work is monetized. And then that's kind of where you put your input input in, I guess I'm describing this poorly, but the hours you put into work are calculated based on how much you earn. Mm -hmm. And then how much you earn is influenced based on what you do with your life. And a lot of times that's based on life experiences that you have. And life experiences are what we're living for. You know, you don't want to die with a bunch of money in the bank because you then become something that I worked for this much time and this much energy I put into this. And it didn't relate to anything at the end of it all because I wasted 5, 10, 20 years of my life because it just sat in a bank account when I'm in a coffin in the ground. Right. Now go back to this because you called me when you were in the middle of it. You're like, okay, dude, it's awesome. You get three that you have time, you have money in your health. And so like, can you explain those three? Yeah, I mean, so the beginning of the book talks about the experiences. We'll get to the triangle in a second. But the experiences are really what shape you. And the earlier you have those experiences in life, the better it's going to become because it's going to compound after compound after compound, right? So we'll talk about your daughter. She went abroad. And you were like, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm freaking out about this. I'm not sure about the safety. She just jumped on a plane to go to Tanzania. Right. And, and then you see on Instagram that she posted something riding a camel on the coast of Tanzania. She can't find Chipotle sometimes downtown, but she was able to find a camel and take it for a ride. And I'm so proud of her. Life experiences. Yeah. She grew so much from that. And she's going to talk the rest of her life about that moment. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how much that cost, that's going to be something that's invaluable to her development as a person as she goes on with life. Absolutely. And that's what this book is talking about is experiencing the experiences at the appropriate age in order so you can gain that later on. She's not going to be 65 and riding a camel in Tanzania. You know, like there's probably better things when she's in her seventies or whatever that she can do that is not going from hostel to hostel through Europe, jumping around and experiencing life. Right. But she can talk about those moments in her early age that she can kind of relate to other people saying, I did that. And that's what it was about. So no matter how much it costs, that's what it comes down to is just kind of maximizing those experiences. However, at that age, and then we'll get to the triangle now, so there's three things of life. You have time, money, and health. And in each segment of life, you have a deficiency. So when you're in your 20s or so, you have your health and you have time, but you have no money. Mm-hmm. And then in your middle life, you know, which we're kind of going through, is, is you have your health, hopefully. You have your money, hopefully, but you don't have time because we're running around like crazy taking care of family. But then when we retire... You have your time, you have money, but you don't have health necessarily. So ultimately, the whole secret of life is trying to navigate the deficiency right. and trying to work through that. So when your daughter's doing that stuff, yeah, she sacrifices her money. And it's a lot to spend on that stuff, but it ultimately is what's important for her to do in order to gain experiences. Now, in our phase of life, time is our most valuable possession you can actually have. So why am I wasting time at work doing things that aren't allowing me to fulfill my time with my family? Cut the hours, cut the dates, which we've done that through ACT, which has been amazing for my balance of life. But it's also when I come home, I don't cut the grass. I don't cut the grass because I'm not capable. It's just the fact that I don't want to spend my two hours at home 
in my valuable commodity being time alone outside in the grass cutting it. Yeah. Unless you really enjoy it. If that's a joy to you, and I know that's a joy for you. But for well, me, it takes me 11 minutes to cut my grass, you know, so like, because I have one of those really small yeah. lawns, but, you know, sure. you have a bigger lawn, way bigger. I do. And it's going to take me two hours to cut it versus paying a guy $30 for him to do it in 15 minutes. And then it's, it's time that I just can get back. You know, it's the same thing with having a housekeeper. You know, all these different things that you waste so much time on these chores. And, and, and at, we're at the point in our careers that, like, my time is far more valuable than $25 an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do to cut my tasks down to the essentials so that I can enjoy my time with my family and do the things that bring me joy. Yeah. It's a phenomenal book. I highly recommend it. Now the title of the book is not live with zero. Some people get it confused. They're like, die with zero. It's like, no, you, you, you need to find the balance. And like you said, you manage, manage well, I mean, ultimately though, the other thing is that we got to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Because if you take care of yourselves at an early age, it's going to delay the health component later on in life. Right. You know, he talks about how for every pound of our weight, you put four pounds on your knees and we all have different patients that have all had knee surgery after knee surgery after knee surgery because they've gone X number of years with that much extra poundage that's being literally destroying your knees to a point you need a replacement. So that's my motivation now is just to get healthy so I don't have to have that. So it delays my health component later on in life. Yeah. And you and I talk about this a lot. Like it's crazy as a dentist and a young dentist that you are like, I run in dental. So I don't have time to exercise. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Like, this is a sport. This is dentistry is not like a profession where you sit at a desk all day and type, you, you know, you're moving. There's so. no doubt about that. Now, I guess the other caveat to die with zero people are like, well, I want to pass this off to my kids, you know, so I don't want to have zero because I want to have a legacy that I can pass on to my kids. This guy brings into, I forget the author. I need to, I should have brought down the author's names, but this guy brings into the point that, at what point is an inheritance that most is best served? Would it be when you're 60, which is the most common age that you get an inheritance? Inheritance, I can't even say that. Inheritance mm-hmm. is 60 to 65. But you're already kind of retired. You already have a nest egg. You already have some type of you know wealth that you've accumulated over time. Whereas the money probably could have been very well spent or well experienced in your 30s. Or right. in your forties, or whatever it may be. So, and you're living to be able to see your wealth being brought forth onto your children that they can actually enjoy, as opposed to being literally in the ground or cremated, or whatever you want to do, and not be able to see the fruits of your labor come to fruition through your children. Right. So, or, or charities too. He talks about charities, the same premise, right? You want to see what your what your wealth has done and how it's carried forward. So you know, account for that. So the point is then that at the end of your life, and you can kind of do those metrics and do those calculators of how long you're going to live estimated wise and account for saying, okay, maybe I do give 10 grand a year for my kids in their thirties. Yeah. And maybe that allows for things to be in a better position later on. Yeah. And I was never, I mean, my parents, we were great, a great upbringing, but my parents were, you know, they were hardworking, very middle-class, lower class. And so I, I never had the luxury of ever having an inheritance, nor will I. And I always thought that like, that was a great advantage for me. I had to hustle. My, I remember asking my parents for money when they didn't have it, you know? And so like it was, and so I, what's bigger than the the money is the lesson. And so even as I look at my kids now, like I totally agree. 
Um, it's not the money. It's and, and if anyone's achieved wealth, they'll tell you it's not the money. You could take all that. It's who you've become in order to achieve the wealth that's more important than the money itself. And so no um, good stuff. Keep going. I love this. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I guess the other last recommendation I would say with the book would be he talks about looking at your life in five-year increments and then write down the things like a bucket list of things that you would want to do in your life and what you would want to experience and then start throwing the, the experiences into the five-year buckets. It'd be best experience, I don't know, do, do uh, I don't even know what I want to do in life, but I guess I should be probably listen to my own advice. But when you write down an experience, say, when I'm in my 40s, I think it'd be really cool to do a trip up to Europe with my wife. Great. Do it. Write it down, you know, Um, or whatever it may be, throw that into that bucket. And then now you can kind of like, kind of roadmap your experiences and do what you need to do in order to make it work. Because we just don't know how much time we are here have on this earth and ultimately experience the things that you want to experience and not delay the inevitable because when you get to 60, 70, 80, there just aren't things that you can do and you end up sitting around and waiting for your life to end as opposed to experiences that you should have had earlier on and then reflected back on those moments. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm going to leave my kids about a bajillion photos, not a bajillion dollars, but a bajillion photos. And so, um, because you often remember the photos more than you do the experiences themselves. And so that's- I love it. Good words of wisdom, man. Um, the next book I like is one that you also read is EOS Life. Yes. EOS Life. I have it in my backpack right now. It's excellent. So as soon as yeah. you told me about it, tell us what it's about. Um, my high school best friend's dad is still a very prominent figure in my life. And he's a big traction person. So he's in. he's literally listed in the book Traction under the visionary portion there, Stu Wolf. And he's an amazing, amazing person. He's an implementer or coach through Traction now. And he he recommended this book to me. And it's one of those things that's based on the Traction system and if EO system, entrepreneurial op- operating system. And it's one of those things that I know you as Act Dental and the clients use a form of Traction. It's changed my and, life, yeah. And that's it. So Gina Wickman, the author of this book, said when we looked at our top performing clients, we're looking to figure out where we sat in the marketing aspect of things. 100% of them listed that the EO system wasn't, it wasn't the profitability of it. It wasn't the fact that the business became better. It was the fact that they have a better balance of life. Yeah. And they're living their best lives. Every single one of them listed that. And that's why it reminded me so much of you and ACT, because this is what you live. And the mantra that ACT teaches is that have a better practice, you can have a better life. Yeah. Have a better system app, systemized approach towards things, you're going to have a better balance and living your your ultimate best life. So yeah. as soon as I read that line, I'm like, I didn't even finish the book. I'm like, I'm mailing this to Kirk because I feel like it could really benefit. And it was fan- fantastic. I've actually been through it several times. And what came out of it was Gina Wickman did a, a lecture. And so, and he's done it several times since. And he wanted to find out like what was making these people successful, like you said. And so it was living with a purpose, doing what they love with people they love. And as you can imagine, you go through the rest of them, you're like, it's pretty simple, but it's unbelievable how powerful it is when you live these simple principles or at least make your life better through these principles. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. And like, so there's the five principles in this EOS Life book. And it's do what you love with the people that you love, making a huge difference, being appropriately compensated, 
with time for other passions. And those are the five pillars of what we all should abide by, right? I mean, let's walk through it. Do what you love, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to spend your days doing the things that you're great at and that you love and that give you energy and you're passionate about. Because so many times we just charge ahead doing things that we may be good at, but we don't like. And that's why he talks about like that elevate and delegate diagram. Yeah. So you have the four quadrants, right? So the upper left, you have, I'm great at it. And I love doing it. Upper right, I'm good at it. And I like doing it. And then bottom left is I'm good at it. I don't like doing it. And then the bottom right is I don't like doing it. And I'm not good at it. So list everything that you do on a daily basis. This could be in your life personally, or it could be in your work life. And then put in those quadrants where they line up. And then the goal with that is just to elevate the things that you're great at doing and you love, and then just literally delegate the things that you don't like doing and you're not good at. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. There's so many things. I don't like doing feelings on kids. (laughs) Delegate it out. Absolutely. And the thing I like about it is he, he does it real practically. So as, so as soon as you do this exercise, and I still have your diagram that you sent over, and I was like, I got to do it right away, is you don't have to do it all right away. He recommends one one thing per quarter. So one thing sure. per quarter, you're just going to hand it over and stop doing $25 an hour work. Now, not to, there's nothing wrong with that, but like if you want to, if you want to start doing what you love to do, you have to get your brain around like, I'm going to do those things that fit that one quadrant. And the more steps you take every quarter, it is crazy how powerful that becomes. You become happier because you're doing the things you love, the things, yeah. the things you're passionate about and you become more efficient with it because you're delegating all the nonsense that's holding you back. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and I, I would highly recommend this new podcast. I love this one. It's called The Diary of a CEO. It's by Stephen Bartlett and he's some British guy and I'm obsessed with him. And he's talking about his CEOs and he's bringing all these different people and they're all different aspects of life. And um, the newest one I listened to, he was talking about finding happiness at work. And this kind of relays this, you want to do what you love. Yeah. But he said, if I interviewed a thousand entrepreneurs, what percentage of their day do they do that they actually love? And he said, surprisingly, it's under 20%. Really? And these are people who love what they do, genuinely love. these. He's like the most successful entrepreneurs, the people that find fulfillment and love in what they do, only really truly love about 20% of what they do. That's interesting. That's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could follow my day and I can list, okay, of my day, I highlight 20% of it, I'm doing well then. So why do we get hot, caught up on the 80% that we really don't really like? Right. You know, and if you can actually delegate out more than 80% and find 30%, 40%, you're actually doing substantially better yeah. than the most successful entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That's great perspective on that. Now, I know Bill Robbins was on that list too. What did he send you? I'm so curious. I'm not done with the EO Five. Hang on. So okay, keep with going. The you love. So number two, number people that you love. So why do we surround ourselves with people that we don't enjoy? You know, it's amazing to me, you know, and, and my father is a living proof of this because he would come home and complain about his employees every freaking day. And then when I took over the office from him, I started complaining about the employees every day, you know, and it was just like, you know, something's got to change. And this is what happened with ACT is when I became a client is we started looking at what my core values are, who I am as a person and surround yourself with people that align with those core values. And it's not that they're bad people that I let go. It's simply a matter of we just didn't click. Right. And now I have a people, a group of people that like are with me to 
my dying day because I think we all just gel so well and we see each other. We, we, we love the company that we're around each other with. And it's just, it's who we are as a group. This is our core. So finding the core values is the most important thing you can ever do in anything that you, you find yourself doing. But um, this book backed it up, you know, and said, surround yourself with people that you love. 100%. Yeah. You know, and it becomes easy to let people go because it's like, you just, this isn't working, you know, and I'm not trying to make this work anymore. Yeah. You don't yeah. fit our, our model and that's how it comes to. So, and I'm, you know, how quick I am to let people go now at this point, because if it just isn't working, it's just, we got to find a different way. Yeah. So, now you hear that so many times and you're like, okay, I've heard that a million times, but the truth of it is, is that the formula in which you really define your core values is the key piece to it, you know, because, uh, and then once you start to put that in place, again, it has compounding outputs in your life or, or, or just, you know, joy in that respect. No doubt about that. But it also, look at your friendship circles, right? Look at the circle of influence around you, because if you're surrounding yourself with people that don't align with your core values or our negative influences as a man thinketh, you're going to become that, right? You are literally the average of the people you surround yourself with. Right. So if you surround yourself with people that you want to become, hence why I've latched onto you, you know, or in Zach and other people that are really, really bringing me up to a whole different level. It's, it's just because I love these people. We share core values and you, it elevates your game and, and the game around you. So yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Um, number three, now this is making a huge difference. So, you know, you want to leave a legacy in this world. So why do something that you're just going through the doldrums of life, right? So it ultimately kind of changes how you want to do things and the impact you want to have on people. You know, where can I have my largest impact and how can I do that? And that kind of sometimes changes your job description or puts more meaning behind what you do as opposed to just saying, I'm just going to go and drill and fill today. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. That's not really impactful, but maybe it's, I want to have an impact on the health of my patients or I want to have an impact on the, the team around me so that they can have better, more fulfilling lives. And I want to help make a difference in them as, as, as individuals beyond you're my employee. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know. and I've talked about this, like, cause you might be listening going, okay, well I get it. But legacy, like, what does that mean? Great dentistry, like helping me. you, you get to define that. But like mine right now, because you and I have chatted about this is I just want to develop leaders that develop other leaders that develop other leaders. Like it just takes the pressure off of you having to do something incredibly magnificent. Now I get to be with people and I see these young kids that I get a chance. I'm like, you're going to be a great leader in this industry. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you will someday, you know, and whether it be a team member, whether it be another young person who's thinking about going to dental school, it might be a patient. It might be friends of your kids' friends, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, it's you just never know where that leads. But it's awesome when you can think about like, I hope I hope and pray to come back to this place when I'm in my 60s going, who's that? Wow. Who's that one? That's a great kid. Wow. That's a you know, so leave, leave a legacy, whatever you're doing. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. That was my next point is great leaders produce more leaders. You know, that's really what all it, it's about. And I don't know, like, that's why I love my intern program at my office. Here I have these young kids that are graduating from college before they go off to dental school and I can have them for a year and I can shape the way they think, you know, so that when they go into dental school, they're going to thrive. And then beyond that, they can have a whole different set of expectations of what dentistry can become in their life. And they can take some of my influence and make it their own, you right. know, and that's really what leadership is, is 
is expressing wisdom and experiences that then they can package in their own way and do their thing. Um, it's, it's really reflected. I mean, making a huge difference that, that tagline to me really even think about it now. It's like, I literally am just trying to experience things right now in dentistry so that then I can share it to other people on how to do yeah. it. You know, awesome. I went through this, I did this, this is what I learned from that moment and it can inspire other people or it can relate a sense of like been there, done that type of moment too, you know, cause that's also good to hear. Nobody wants to hear that everything is great and everything is just always sunshine because it's not. And if you can be relatable and experience some of the struggles is a big deal for me. So 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, another tangent of this book that I really liked was he said, out of a decade-long span, you have two great years, you have six really good years, and you have two really bad years. And I've been fortunate in the fact that I had three really right. great years in a decade. But then that was followed up with like a year and a half, two years of really freaking hard times. Right. And that's just kind of the wave of what is expectation wise is knowing this now. I'm like, okay, if I can overcome this and have like, I don't know, six great years or six good years, whatever it is, like I'm doing better than what the average is of a decade. Yeah. Now I'll tell you, I didn't like that section when I first heard it. And now I love it because I was like two, six, two. Oh, come on. And now I'm like, yeah, I've had that, if not worse. And so <laughs> I feel better about it knowing that, you know, that comes from very, very successful people. But if you had, if you had those two bad years, that's probably far more powerful. Those two years of experience than like having ten great years. One hundred percent. Because you're going to grow to those great years because you've had the two bad years. Right. And let me speak to the reality of that. I probably had three or four of them in one section, and I sure. almost quit. Like sure. Me but too. you find the 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 will to keep going. You know. And you're glad you did through those. And, you know, being married to the most amazing woman ever, your marriage goes through this too. You're like, mm, there are years that you're like, or even weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, we got to keep this together. And when you do, you are so happy you did, you know? There's no doubt about that. And I'm grateful for your presence and influence on me because I've been very open with you about all this stuff. Right. And, and you just saying, I've been there, done that. And like, I can't wait for the package that's going to come out of this, because I know that this is a present right now that you just don't even realize. Right. And that gift is going to come out soon enough and the world quote unquote is going to experience that through whatever source of influence I can have. So that's yeah. really what it all comes down to is just kind of understanding that and, and realizing you can't have 10 great years. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. And embrace the struggle, embrace the suck, embrace the two years of, of true awful hey, time. Not that I'm going to not try for 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, right? yeah. we know we want to do your best, right? So right. it just, things happen. Life comes in the, into play. And that's just where it, it all comes down to is just kind of seeing those for what they are and accepting that and knowing that there's a lesson that needs to be learned. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then for being compensated appropriately, you know, make as much money by providing value to others. You know, the more value you provide, the more they're willing to pay. Right. This is really good in terms of like insurance, right? Dental insurance devalues what we do to a tremendous degree. 
Um, I mean, we're looking at even the roadmap that you guys put out there. And I mean, my, my office manager sprinted into my office saying, do you realize we dropped 42% of our posterior composite fees? And if my overhead is 60%, <laughs> why am I doing fillings? Right. Because I'm not using my time appropriately and I work hard. You know, so this just kind of came to the reflection. We've already talked about this, but I'm going to drop Delta. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I should be putting this out there, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this because it's going to allow me to get paid for the time and, and efforts that I'm putting in and be appropriately compensated because I just don't feel like we're valued based on the degree of what we do because I have an amazing team. I have an amazing service. We use the best materials, the best labs, whatever we do. We put love into what we do and we care about these people, but yet then insurance company says, no, nah, you're usual customary. There's nothing about what we do as usual customary. And I think a lot of people listening to this probably feel the same way because most of the people that are usual and customary don't listen to podcasts about this stuff. Right. And so more on this later, because you and I are going to have many talks on this as you start to go through this whole process, but it's not so much the insurance company. I'm just going to leave you with one really good thought. It's really how many people pay your full fee. That's the bottom sure. line. That is the ultimate defining. It isn't how many plans, how many of your patients that you see on a regular basis pay your full fee. And it is, it's usually a reflection of how you feel more mm-hmm. so it is than what they can pay. And so we'll come back to that. We'll come back. To that. But even like my buddy was texting me saying, hey, I can't do the renovation in my office because the pandemic and stuff or whatever it's come to, you know, I'm going to have to work longer hours. I said, longer hours are never the answer. No. Longer hours are, are the worst thing you could do. You know, look at your your day and do a time study and also see how valuable you are. You know, and if there's something that you can either drop an insurance or drop a procedure or add something and reduce the number of things you're doing, because who wants to do a bunch of single unit composites? Maybe, you know, those that's eating up your chunk of time and maybe delegate that out to do whatever you need to do so you can throw in a crown or something more productive. Now you're not producing... Now you're not adding hours. You're keeping the hours that you have, but you're being more profitable. Hey, don't get mad at this, but McDonald's is open all the time. Chick-fil-A is not. So just decide, you know? There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's a great analogy. And I love that you use that because it's true, right? Because people see the value there. And their lines are open or all are throughout the, you know, you walk by Chick-fil-A and the lines are always busy no matter what time of day. Mm -hmm. People value it, you know? And the last thing is have the time for other passions. You know, so we work hard, but we should not be working to the bone because if you work to the bone, now you don't have the energy to do the things that you love to do. This is a big one because it's easy mm-hmm. to digest the first couple. Tell tell everybody why this is a big one. I mean, your energy is everything, right? So if you're if you're if you're working to the bone, you're going to go home and you're going to be a drag to your wife. You're going to be dragged to your kids. You're not going to be able to do the things that you love to do. And then when you don't love the things that you do on your life on the outside, then you come back to work and you're going to be an energy sucker there too. And it's just this endless cycle of whatever happens there. I mean, this comes back again to me and my experience of working 220 days one year, you know, that sucked. I took up my uncle's practice, my dad's practice, and I just had to see all these patients and coach Christina, God bless her saying, we're going to cut you down to 180 days and that's the max you're going to work. You want me to cut 50 days a year? That's crazy. That's one day a week. Yeah, do it. It didn't, your practice didn't die. No, it thrived. Why? That makes no sense. I have more energy. I have more time. I have more rest. And then when you can rest, you have more sense of kind of just, I don't know, you do more, you treatment plan more. 
when I'm run down, there's no way I'm treat planning anything, you know, but when I actually have the time to sit back and have a little bit more energy and more composure, I enjoy what I do. I have more time. I have more, more fulfillment of what I do in a life basis, practice basis. Everything is better. Yeah. So you need to have those time to do what you love to do because it re-energizes you. Nobody should work more than that. You know, a four day work week is the max we should ever do, you know, and, and you just keep trying to turn that dot to drop more and more days a week, a year and figure out what works for you. I mean, shoot, Gino Wickman takes a month off every year. I love that. Yeah. I love that sabbatical idea. You know, I took a month off from my, my child's birth. That was really cool. I loved it. Now, obviously for different circumstances, but you know, it's kind of cool when you can leave and the place doesn't burn down. And when you come back, you actually become a whole different person. And I did, you know, I started really enjoying a lot of different various components of what I wasn't really enjoying before I left that. So you kind of just have a different perspective when you do take the time away because it's a clarity break. Yeah. It's so great. And so Clayton Davis, if you're listening, he's a great mentor of mine early on at the Thank You Suit. I was taking these one-week vacations. He's like, those are, those are good. Those are good. I'm going to challenge you. A two-week vacation forces you to really relax because now you've got to get beyond that whole one-week thing. And he sure. said, you totally give yourself permission to do very cool stuff. And you know what? He was right. And so... That's a challenge. And so um, I love it. And then, you know, you don't have to, it isn't always about vacations. It's if you love golfing, you love fishing. Heck, I just love baseball. Like that's one of my favorite passions. Just have some, have time for that. You know, uh, you it's all good. Right. I mean, yeah. I, and I guess he writes, the last thing I'll talk about is the 10 disciplines of successful people. I thought that was really cool because he, he broke it down into 10 different things of what I identified. And then I'll get out of my next book. But, um, People that are successful, one, think in 10-year increments. Yeah. Which is really cool to see, like, where would I be when I'm 45? You Love know, it. What does that look like, right? That really shaped me in terms of a visionary of what I want to become. Um, take time off, number two. Know thyself. I mean, knowing your who is everything, which we talked about several times on this. Um, be still. You know, through the stillness, you really kind of have a good sense of clarity. Um, know your 100%, you know, because, again, if you're just overdoing it, and I would even challenge, you know, you're 80% and stick to 80%. Yeah, he talks about work being a container, you know, right. the container of work, which I love oh, that. that. That's great. Um, say no and say it often. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that so much. I used to be a yes to every single thing. And now I say no to everything. You know, unless it's a hell yes, excuse my language, it's a hell no. Yeah. You know, and that's really what my wife and I live by now, you know, because so we get stuck saying yes to some of these things and we're just like, why do we do this? Why do we commit to this? You know, let's commit to something else that we want to use our time better. Instead of like an obligatory thing that we would just like drag our feet and said, we we knew we should have said no to that. We're just still continually evolving with that saying, no, Um, don't do $25 an hour work, you know, delegate your time out. Uh, They prepare every night, you know, for the next day, which can be better bad. You know, that's something I need to be better with and understanding of, you know, this is what we need to do to become success, successful next day. Um, put everything in one place, you know, cause so many times you have fragmented everything. I think it's important to have one document to write your thoughts down or write your emotions down or whatever it is. And then just be humble. Yeah. Because as soon as you get a little ahead of yourself, you know, the world's going to come back at you with a whole different vengeance. Absolutely. Um, I know that from my personal experience, you know, like that's really, you get a little too high and then the next day it comes and everything falls apart. And that's really what it comes down to. So 
that was a great book. Love yeah. that book. Next book. Um, we could talk about the four agreements. You know, I'm a big, I mean, that you want to Bill Robbins, right? Yeah. Um, I like how it kind of summarized a lot of like what you should be thinking and how you should be doing it. And to me, I'm going to do this a little quickly, but like the four agreements, it's a great, easy read. I really like that book a lot, but like be impeccable with your word. You know, it speaks to your integrity. Um, don't take anything personally. You know, that just life kind of happens. Don't make assumptions, you know, and, and ultimately like always do your best. Right. Now, the always do your best thing was important for me when I went to my sister's wedding, because at that point in time, I was a very fragile position of life. And, um, for a multitude of factors, but also I was like sicker than all can be because your physical health is manifested from your emotional being, right? So my emotional being was all that great. And then when I went to this wedding, I had bronchitis like crazy. Bronchitis, if you look at symptoms, it's the same thing as COVID. I swear I didn't have COVID. I took like seven tests, but walking around, I felt like a zombie. And I felt like I was letting everyone down because I wasn't my best person for my sister and for this wedding. Um, and ultimately I read that book right around that time. And I was like, huh, always do your best. I may not have given my maximum effort, my best, best, best effort that was potential, but I gave my best that I could give at the time. Right. And that's a huge distinction because I feel like we're always expecting our best of ourselves all the time, but it's impossible. I mean, LeBron James doesn't shoot career highs every single game. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, but he's okay with missing some things. And that's just the same expectation we should have on our lives is that we, we really shouldn't go through every single experience thinking that we should be our best all the time. Right. Um, but as long as you feel like you gave your best, I feel good about that. You know, and that's really what it comes down to is just accepting that. Yeah. The four agreements. I love that book. That's actually on the top 10 of all time. And I share those agreements with my kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that means so much to me in that book is like, don't take anything personal. He teaches you in there, like no one can make you feel bad unless you give them the power to make you yeah. feel bad, you know? Oh, so yeah. it's a really important lesson because people are going to say things or do things your entire life and it doesn't hurt you. I always think about that. I'm like, oh, that could hurt me, but I'm not going to give any power to that. So, okay, let's, you know, let's move on to the next thing. So it's mm -hmm. really powerful when you can control those emotions. Takes the emotion out of it almost, it right? I mean, it really just gives you a whole different sense of power and control because that's really what it all comes down to is you control your destiny with that stuff. You do. So, um, I guess, I don't know, I have a couple more books. The, the a really good book I really love is one from my dental school instructor, um, Dr. Dan Edwards. He's amazing. Um, he's a man that I think you two would really get along with because similar type of family vibes and I aspire to be both of you. So it's really what, I mean, you two are my pillars here, but um, he recommended Sanjay Gupta's book and it's, oh, let me just look this up before I bash it. Um, I think it's Think, Think Smart or Keep Smart. Um, no, I haven't read this one. Keep Sharp. I think it's what it is. Keep Sharp. Okay. Keep Sharp. And Sanjay Gupta. So Sanjay Gupta being a neurosurgeon had the experience of seeing literal brains all the time. And so he was talking about this guy who had, he, he fell from a ladder and normally they, it was a 93 year old. He's like, what is he doing on a ladder? Which is crazy. But he had like this huge, you know, issue with his brain and his family was like direct saying, we need to keep him around. Most of the time you have a 93 year old happen like that. They're going to let him go, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
So he opened them up. This guy had a brain like a six-year-old. Wow. And he was, wow, this is amazing. And this started a whole like transition of like, why? Why did this guy have a healthy brain? And what about him was, and it's because he was living by these five pillars. And these five pillars would be good nutrition, fitness and exercise on a daily basis, appropriate sleep, living with a purpose, mm -hmm. and socialization. So those five things are so valuable to us on a daily basis. And if you have those five things, you will be healthy mentally, and you will be healthy physically, and you will help you emotionally. And the interesting thing is with COVID comes, right? COVID comes, most of us weren't eating all that well. Right. Most of us weren't exercising all that well because gyms are closed. Myself included, yeah. Most of us weren't sleeping all that well because we're incredibly stressed. And when you're stressed, you just can't get your mind to relax and your body to relax. If you can't live with a purpose because you're just stuck at home and you're not socializing because you're literally not interacting with people, no wonder our brains went to mush. Right. And people were living with high anxiety, high stress, high everything. No way you're able to function on that capacity in the highest level. Yeah. Right. But if you can change those things and you can start eating better, working out, sleeping better, you know, all these different things that we're supposed to do, you know, but it's a dial system that we talk about all the time. Just little tweaks can have a magnitude effect. Totally but agree. I don't know. I think it's so cool, you know, and, and socialization is not even like an introvert may cringe at that, but it's not necessarily having a, an abundance of people that you're socializing with. It's just having meaningful relationships in your life. Yeah. And harboring those. And I think it's an important component too, but. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. I and, love that. Yeah. And then I, I'm going to put the list that you had in here. Um, yeah, I'll send it to you. In, in our, any other notables that you had as far as the gift? Um, I like Zach's one. It was Bob Iger, um, his Disney experience. And I thought it was kind of cool to listen to how he climbed the corporate ladder. It's such a foreign world for me. I don't understand it. He's traveling over to China and, and Europe and all these different places. And, um, but ultimately, he was a visionary. You know, and he stuck to his guns. He understood what was needed because he listened to people around him. He surrounded himself with this amazing team. And and what came from it was truly remarkable things that he did. You know, him uh, with um, Disney Pixar, you know, setting up with a relationship with Steve Jobs and getting that under the same, you know, umbrella or Marvel you know, and bringing in the Marvel comics and having a superhero Star Wars and how his negotiation terms with, with different people and understanding what was important to these people. Yeah. You know, and, and identifying those things and then delivering with it is the most important component. So being the visionary, but then also making it happen is a thing that I think is really important. So, because you, can, you can't be everything to everyone, but you can be impactful to those things that you select that are important. I think that's important as well. So... Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I haven't gotten around to some of them. Darren gave me one. Um, Mark gave me one. I, it just, unfortunately, I have a baby and now I fall asleep any minute I can. <laughs> right? So it's just a lot harder to read books now. Hey, uh, it's really cool. It's very cool. It's a great gift to give anybody. You know, you are what you read, garbage in, garbage out. But that's why putting good things in here, it's just great. And the collective experiences. And if you're listening, I'm going to highly encourage you to read all of those books that Kevin recommended and we're going to circle back on a lot more other lessons here but kevin any last thoughts you have on these 
I just hope this was a good one for people. I don't know. I mean, I never know the response for people, but if you like this, like reach out, I would love to hear from you. Um, Kevin growth at gmail.com would be a great contact for me or Instagram, Dr. Kevin growth, um, G R O T H. Um, I wish there was a W in my name so badly, but it was just, um, no, I, I love doing these things. I think it's important to recognize that there's, there's a lot that we can share and a lot of experiences, the good and the bad that we can share from each other. And, um, if you're going through rough times, you're not alone. Yeah. If you're going through positive times, you're not alone, you know, but there's that ebb and flow of life and we lean on each other. And I think these, these are great resources for people to kind of get inspiration from. And and who I am is based on every single one of these influences that come on my way. That's why I don't believe in the idea of uh, an ego because I'm nothing without the people that have influenced me and the things around me that have influenced me. Yeah. Who I am is not some natural gift. You know, we all have natural gifts within, but it's what is, promoted onto you that really elevates you to a whole different level. And that's what we're about. So if I can help anybody, if I could do anything for anybody, I mean, I'm all ears. I'm all able to offer advice or, or counsel or whatever I can, you know, because that's what we are as a community. Well, brother, so, you're doing it and you're making, uh, making a big difference in this world. And so I appreciate your friendship. I have no doubt. I already know this. You're becoming an incredible leader in this great profession. So um, we're going to do this many, many times. So thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. I look, I love this stuff. I really do. It's just, it means a lot to me. We're CE junkies. We love this stuff. We love learning, (laughs) love giving, uh, you know, and so stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else, but uh, thank you guys for listening to the best practice show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did do us a favor, just hit the share button, share with your friends. I'm going to have our writers put all of those books listed down below. So if you weren't taking notes, don't worry. We took them for you. You can flip up to the notes. You can click right to them. Make sure you reach out to Kevin too. So if you feel like, gosh, I'm just going through this stretch and it's only me and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this or feel a little bit down. Don't, you know, don't stay there. You got a lot of people around you willing to help you in this great profession. And that's what's so cool about it. So keep sending us things that you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.